Section 19 of Lourdes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Lourdes by Emile Zola. Translated by Ernest Visitelli. The Fourth Day. 4. Triumph. Despair. Pierre also had followed Marie, and like her was behind the canopy, carried along as it were by the blast of glory which made her drag her little car along in triumph. Every moment, however, there was so much tempestuous pushing that the young priest would assuredly have fallen if a rough hand had not upheld him. "'Don't be alarmed,' said a voice. "'Give me your arm, otherwise you won't be able to remain on your feet.' Pierre turned round, and was surprised to recognize Father Massias, who had left Father Fourcade in the pulpit in order to accompany the procession. An extraordinary fever was sustaining him, throwing him forward, as solid as a rock, with eyes glowing like live coals, and an excited face covered with perspiration. "'Take care, then,' he again exclaimed. "'Give me your arm.' A fresh human wave had almost swept them away and Pierre now yielded to the support of this terrible enthusiast, whom he remembered as a fellow-student at the seminary. What a singular meeting it was, and how greatly he would have liked to possess that violent faith, that mad faith, which was making Massias pant, with his throat full of sobs, whilst he continued giving vent to the ardent entreaty, Lord Jesus, heal our sick! Lord Jesus, heal our sick! There was no cessation of this cry behind the canopy, where there was always a crier whose duty it was to accord no respite to the slow clemency of heaven. At times a thick voice full of anguish, and at others a shrill and piercing voice would arise. The father's, which was an imperious one, was now at last breaking through sheer emotion. Lord Jesus, heal our sick! Lord Jesus, heal our sick! The rumour of Marie's wondrous cure, of the miracle whose fame would speedily fill all Christendom, had already spread from one end to the other of Lourdes, and from this had come the increased vertigo of the multitude, the attack of contagious delirium, which now caused it to whirl and rush towards the blessed sacrament like the resistless flux of a rising tide. One and all yielded to the desire of beholding the sacrament and touching it, of being cured and becoming happy. The divinity was passing and now it was not merely a question of ailing beings glowing with a desire for life, but a longing for happiness which consumed all present, and raised them up with bleeding open hearts and eager hands. Berthaud, who feared the excesses of this religious adoration, had decided to accompany his men. He commanded them, carefully watching over the double chain of bearers beside the canopy in order that it might not be broken. "'Close your ranks! Closer! Closer!' he called. "'And keep your arms firmly linked.' These young men, chosen from among the most vigorous of the bearers, had an extremely difficult duty to discharge. The wall which they formed, shoulder to shoulder, with arms linked at the waist and the neck, kept on giving way under the involuntary assaults of the throng. Nobody certainly fancied that he was pushing, but there was constant eddying, and deep waves of people rolled towards the procession from afar and threatened to submerge it. When the canopy had reached the middle of the Place du Rosaire, Abbé Judaine really thought that he would be unable to go any farther. Numerous conflicting currents had set in over the vast expanse and were whirling, assailing him from all sides, so that he had to halt under the swaying canopy, which shook like a sail in a sudden squall on the open sea. He held the blessed sacrament aloft with his numbed hands, each moment fearing that a final push would throw him over. For he fully realized that the golden monstrance, radiant like a sun, 
was the one passion of all that multitude the divinity they demanded to kiss in order that they might lose themselves in it even though they should annihilate it in doing so accordingly while standing there the priest anxiously turned his eyes on berthaud let nobody pass called the latter to the bearers nobody the orders are precise you hear me voices however were rising in supplication on all sides wretched beings were sobbing with arms outstretched and lips protruding in the wild desire that they might be allowed to approach and kneel at the priest's feet what divine grace it would be to be thrown upon the ground and trampled underfoot by the whole procession an infirm old man displayed his withered hand in the conviction that it would be made sound again were he only allowed to touch the monstrance a dumb woman wildly pushed her way through the throng with her broad shoulders in order that she might loosen her tongue by a kiss others were shouting imploring and even clenching their fists in their rage with those cruel men who denied cure to their bodily sufferings and their mental wretchedness the orders to keep them back were rigidly enforced however for the most serious accidents were feared nobody nobody repeated berthaud let nobody whatever pass there was a woman there however who touched every heart with compassion clad in wretched garments bareheaded her face wet with tears she was holding in her arms a little boy of ten years old or so whose limp paralyzed legs hung down inertly the lad's weight was too great for one so weak as herself still she did not seem to feel it she had brought the boy there and was now entreating the bearers with an invincible obstinacy which neither words nor hustling could conquer at last as abbe Juden, who felt deeply moved beckoned to her to approach two of the bearers in deference to his compassion drew apart despite all the danger of opening a breach and the woman then rushed forward with her burden and fell in a heap before the priest for a moment he rested the foot of the monstrance on the child's head and the mother herself pressed her eager longing lips to it and as they started off again she wished to remain behind the canopy and followed the procession with streaming hair and panting breast staggering the while under the heavy burden which was fast exhausting her strength they managed with great difficulty to cross the remainder of the place du rosaire and then the ascent began the glorious ascent by way of the monumental incline whilst upon high on the fringe of heaven the basilica reared its slim spire whence pealing bells were winging their flight sounding the triumphs of our lady of lourdes and now it was towards an apotheosis that the canopy slowly climbed towards the lofty portal of the high-perched sanctuary which stood open face to face with the infinite high above the huge multitude whose waves continued soaring across the valley's squares and avenues preceding the processional cross the magnificent beadle all blue and silver was already nearing the level of the rosary cupola the spacious esplanade formed by the roof of the lower church across which the pilgrimage deputations began to wind with their bright-coloured silk and velvet banners waving in the ruddy glow of the sunset then came the clergy the priests in snowy surplices and the priests in golden chasubles likewise shining out like a procession of stars and the censers swung and the canopy continued climbing without anything of its bearers being seen so that it seemed as though a mysterious power some troop of invisible angels were carrying it off in this glorious ascension towards the open portal of heaven a sound of chanting had burst forth the voices in the procession no longer called for the healing of the sick now that the cortege had extricated itself from amidst the crowd the miracle had been worked and they were celebrating it with the full power of their lungs amidst the pealing of the bells and the quivering gaiety of the atmosphere magnificat anima mea dominum they began my soul doth magnify the lord 
was the song of gratitude already chanted at the grotto and again springing from every heart et exultavit spiritus meus in deo salutari meo and my spirit hath rejoiced in god my saviour meantime it was with increasing overflowing joy that marie took part in that radiant ascent by the colossal gradient way towards the glowing basilica it seemed to her as she continued climbing that she was growing stronger and stronger that her legs so long lifeless became firmer at each step the little car which she victoriously dragged behind her was like the earthly tenement of her illness the inferno whence the blessed virgin had extricated her and although its handle was making her hands sore she nevertheless wished to pull it up yonder with her in order that she might cast it at last at the feet of the almighty no obstacle could stay her course she laughed through the big tears which were falling on her cheeks her bosom was swelling her demeanour becoming warlike one of her slippers had become unfastened and the strip of lace had fallen from her head to her shoulders nevertheless with her lovely fair hair crowning her like a helmet and her face beaming brightly she still marched on and on with such an awakening of will and strength that behind her you could hear her car leap and rattle over the rough slope of the flagstones as though it had been a mere toy near marie was pierre still leaning on the arm of father Macias, who had not relinquished his hold lost amidst the far-spreading emotion the young priest was unable to reflect moreover his companion's sonorous voice quite deafened him deposuit potentes de sede et exaltavit humiles he hath put down the mighty from their seat and hath exalted the humble on pierre's other side the right berteau who no longer had any cause for anxiety was now also following the canopy he had given his bearers orders to break their chain and was gazing with an expression of delight on the human sea through which the procession had lately passed the higher they ascended the incline the more did the place du rosaire and the avenues and paths of the gardens expand below them black with the swarming multitude it was a bird's-eye view of a whole nation an anthill which ever increased in size spreading farther and farther away look berteau at last exclaimed to pierre how vast and how beautiful it is ah well the year won't have been a bad one after all looking upon lourdes as a centre of propaganda where his political rancour found satisfaction he always rejoiced when there was a numerous pilgrimage as in his mind it was bound to prove unpleasant to the government ah thought he if they had only been able to bring the working classes of the towns thither and create a catholic democracy last year we scarcely reached the figure of two hundred thousand pilgrims he continued but we shall exceed it this year i hope and then with the gay air of the jolly fellow that he was despite his sectarian passions he added well upon my word i was really pleased just now when there was such a crush things are looking up i think things are looking up pierre however was not listening to him his mind had been struck by the grandeur of the spectacle that multitude which spread out more and more as the procession rose higher and higher above it that magnificent valley which was hollowed out below and ever became more and more extensive displaying afar off its gorgeous horizon of mountains filled him with quivering admiration his mental trouble was increased by it all and seeking marie's glance he waved his arm to draw her attention to the vast circular expanse of country and his gesture deceived her for in the purely spiritual excitement that possessed her she did not behold the material spectacle he pointed at but thought that he was calling earth to witness the prodigious favours which the blessed virgin had heaped upon them both for she imagined that he had had his share of the miracle and that in the stroke of grace which had set her erect with her flesh healed he so near to her that their hearts mingled 
had felt himself enveloped and raised by the same divine power his soul saved from doubt conquered by faith once more how could he have witnessed her wondrous cure indeed without being convinced moreover she had prayed so fervently for him outside the grotto on the previous night and now therefore to her excessive delight she espied him transfigured like herself weeping and laughing restored to god again and this lent increased force to her blissful fever she dragged her little car along with unwearying hands and as though it were their double cross her own redemption and her friend's redemption which she was carrying up that incline with its resounding flagstones she would have liked to drag it yet farther for leagues and leagues ever higher and higher to the most inaccessible summits to the transplendent threshold of paradise itself oh pierre pierre she stammered how sweet it is that this great happiness should have fallen on us together yes together i prayed for it so fervently and she granted my prayer and saved you even in saving me yes i felt your soul mingling with my own tell me that our mutual prayers have been granted tell me that i have won your salvation even as you have won mine he understood her mistake and shuddered if you only knew she continued how great would have been my grief had i thus ascended into light alone oh to be chosen without you to soar yonder without you but with you pierre it is rapturous delight we have been saved together we shall be happy for ever i feel all needful strength for happiness yes strength enough to raise the world and in spite of everything he was obliged to answer her and lie revolting at the idea of spoiling dimming that great and pure felicity yes yes be happy marie he said for i am very happy myself and all our sufferings are redeemed but even while he spoke he felt a deep rending within him as though a brutal hatchet stroke were parting them for ever amidst their common sufferings she had hitherto remained the little friend of childhood's days the first artlessly loved woman whom he knew to be still his own since she could belong to none but now she was cured and he remained alone in his hell repeating to himself that she would never more be his this sudden thought so upset him that he averted his eyes in despair at reaping such suffering from the prodigious felicity with which she exulted however the chant went on and father Macias, hearing nothing and seeing nothing absorbed as he was in his glowing gratitude to god shouted the final verse in a thundering voice sicut locutus est ad patres nostros abraham et semni eius in secula as he spoke to our fathers to abraham and to his seed for ever yet another incline had to be climbed yet another effort had to be made up that rough acclivity with its large slippery flagstones and the procession rose yet higher and the ascent still went on in the full bright light there came a last turn and the wheels of marie's car grated against a granite curb then still higher still and ever higher did it roll until it finally reached what seemed to be the very fringe of heaven and all at once the canopy appeared on the summit of the gigantic inclined ways on the stone balcony overlooking the stretch of country outside the portal of the basilica abbe Juden stepped forward holding the blessed sacrament aloft with both hands marie who had pulled her car up the balcony steps was near him her heart beating from her exertion her face all aglow amidst the gold of her loosened hair then all the clergy the snowy surplices and the dazzling chasubles ranged themselves behind whilst the banners waved like bunting decking the white balustrades and a solemn minute followed from on high there could have been no grander spectacle first immediately below there was the multitude the human sea with its dark waves its heaving billows 
now for a moment stilled amidst which you only distinguished the small pale specks of the faces uplifted towards the basilica in expectancy of the benediction and as far as the eye could reach from the place du rosaire to the gave along the paths and avenues and across the open spaces even to the old town in the distance those little pale faces multiplied and multiplied all with lips parted and eyes fixed upon the august threshold where heaven was about to open to their gaze then the vast amphitheatre of slopes and hills and mountains surged aloft ascended upon all sides crests following crests until they faded away in the far blue atmosphere the numerous convents among the trees on the first of the northern slopes beyond the torrent those of the carmelites the dominicans the assumptionists and the sisters of nevers were coloured by a rosy reflection from the fire-like glow of the sunset then wooded masses rose one above the other until they reached the heights of le Boila, which were surmounted by the serre de julot in its turn capped by the miramont deep valleys opened on the south narrow gorges between piles of gigantic rocks whose bases were already steeped in lakes of bluey shadow whilst the summits sparkled with the smiling farewell of the sun the hills of vizan upon this side were empurpled and showed like a promontory of coral in front of the stagnant lake of the ether which was bright with a sapphire-like transparency but on the east in front of you the horizon again spread out to the very point of intersection of the seven valleys the castle which had formerly guarded them still stood with its keep its lofty walls its black outlines the outlines of a fierce fortress of feudal time upon the rock whose base was watered by the gave and upon this side of the stern old pile was the new town looking quite gay amidst its gardens with its swarm of white house fronts its large hotels its lodging houses and its fine shops whose windows were glowing like live embers whilst behind the castle the discoloured roofs of old lourdes spread out in confusion in a ruddy light which hovered over them like a cloud of dust at this late hour when the declining luminary was sinking in royal splendour behind the little ger and the big ger those two huge ridges of bare rock spotted with patches of short herbage formed nothing but a neutral somewhat violet background as though indeed there were two curtains of sober hue drawn across the margin of the horizon and higher and still higher in front of this immensity did abbe judaine with both hands raise the blessed sacrament he moved it slowly from one to the other horizon causing it to describe a huge sign of the cross against the vault of heaven he saluted the convents the heights of le buala the serre de julot and the miramont upon his left he saluted the huge fallen rocks of the dim valleys and the empurpled hills of vizan on his right he saluted the new and the old town the castle bathed by the gave the big and the little ger already drowsy in front of him and he saluted the woods the torrents the mountains the faint chains linking the distant peaks the whole earth even beyond the visible horizon peace upon earth hope and consolation to mankind the multitude below had quivered beneath that great sign of the cross which enveloped it it seemed as though a divine breath were passing rolling those billows of little pale faces which were as numerous as the waves of an ocean a loud murmur of adoration ascended all those parted lips proclaimed the glory of god when in the rays of the setting sun the illumined monstrance again shone forth like another sun a sun of pure gold describing the sign of the cross in streaks of flame upon the threshold of the infinite the banners the clergy with abbe judaine under the canopy were already returning into the basilica when marie who was also entering it still dragging her car by the handle was stopped by two ladies who kissed her weeping 
they were madame de jonquiere and her daughter raymonde who had come thither to witness the benediction and had been told of the miracle ah my dear child what happiness repeated the lady hospitaller and how proud i am to have you in my ward it is so precious a favour for all of us that the blessed virgin should have been pleased to select you raymonde meanwhile had kept one of the young girl's hands in her own will you allow me to call you my friend mademoiselle said she i felt so much pity for you and i am now so pleased to see you walking so strong and beautiful already let me kiss you again it will bring me happiness thank you thank you with all my heart marie stammered amidst her rapture i am so happy so very happy oh we will not leave you resumed madame de jonquiere you hear me raymonde we must follow her and kneel beside her and we will take her back after the ceremony thereupon the two ladies joined the cortege and following the canopy walked beside pierre and father Massias between the rows of chairs which the deputations already occupied to the very centre of the choir the banners alone were allowed on either side of the high altar but marie advanced to its steps still dragging her car whose wheels resounded over the flagstones she had at last brought it to the spot whither the sacred madness of her desire had longingly impelled her to drag it she had brought it indeed woeful wretched-looking as it was into the splendour of god's house so that it might there testify to the truth of the miracle the threshold had scarcely been crossed when the organs burst into a hymn of triumph the sonorous acclamation of a happy people from amidst which there soon arose a celestial angelic voice of joyful shrillness and crystalline purity abbe Juden had placed the blessed sacrament upon the altar and the crowd was streaming into the nave each taking a seat installing him or herself in a corner pending the commencement of the ceremony marie had at once fallen on her knees between madame de jonquiere and raymonde whose eyes were moist with tender emotion whilst father massias exhausted by the extraordinary tension of his nerves which had been sustaining him ever since his departure from the grotto had sunk upon the ground sobbing with his head between his hands behind him pierre and berteau remained standing the latter still busy with his superintendence his eyes ever on the watch seeing that good order was preserved even during the most violent outbursts of emotion then amidst all his mental confusion increased by the deafening strains of the organ pierre raised his head and examined the interior of the basilica the nave was narrow and lofty and streaked with bright colours which numerous windows flooded with light there were scarcely any aisles they were reduced to the proportions of a mere passage running between the side chapels and the clustering columns and this circumstance seemed to increase the slim loftiness of the nave the soaring of the stonework in perpendicular lines of infantile graceful slenderness a gilded railing as transparent as lace closed the choir where the high altar of white marble richly sculptured arose in all its lavish chasteness but the feature of the building which astonished you was the mass of extraordinary ornamentation which transformed the whole of it into an overflowing exhibition of embroidery and jewellery what with all the banners and votive offerings the perfect river of gifts which had flowed into it and remained clinging to its walls in a stream of gold and silver velvet and silk covering it from top to bottom it was so to say the ever-glowing sanctuary of gratitude whose thousand rich adornments seemed to be chanting a perpetual canticle of faith and thankfulness the banners in particular abounded as innumerable as the leaves of trees some thirty hung from the vaulted roof whilst others were suspended like pictures between the little columns around the triforium and others again displayed themselves on the walls waved in the depths of the side chapels and encompassed the choir with a heaven of silk satin and velvet 
you could count them by hundreds and your eyes grew weary of admiring them many of them were quite celebrated so renowned for their skilful workmanship that talented embroideresses took the trouble to come to lourdes on purpose to examine them and among these were the banner of our lady of fourvieres bearing the arms of the city of lyon the banner of alsace of black velvet embroidered with gold the banner of lorraine on which you beheld the virgin casting her cloak around two children and the white and blue banner of brittany on which bled the sacred heart of jesus in the midst of a halo all empires and kingdoms of the earth were represented the most distant lands canada brazil chile haiti here had their flags which in all piety were being offered as a tribute of homage to the queen of heaven then after the banners there were other marbles the thousands and thousands of gold and silver hearts which were hanging everywhere glittering on the walls like stars in the heavens some were grouped together in the form of mystical roses others described festoons and garlands others again climbed up the pillars surrounded the windows and constellated the deep dim chapels below the triforium somebody had had the ingenious idea of employing these hearts to trace in tall letters the various words which the blessed virgin had addressed to bernadette and thus around the nave there extended a long frieze of words the delight of the infantile minds which busied themselves with spelling them it was a swarming a prodigious resplendency of hearts whose infinite number deeply impressed you when you thought of all the hands trembling with gratitude which had offered them moreover the adornments comprised many other votive offerings and some of quite an unexpected description there were bridal wreaths and crosses of honour jewels and photographs chaplets and even spurs in glass cases or frames there were also the epaulets and swords of officers together with a superb sabre left there in memory of a miraculous conversion but all this was not sufficient other riches riches of every kind shone out on all sides marble statues diadems enriched with brilliance a marvellous carpet designed at blois and embroidered by ladies of all parts of france and a golden palm with ornaments of enamel the gift of the sovereign pontiff the lamps suspended from the vaulted roof some of them of massive gold and the most delicate workmanship were also gifts they were too numerous to be counted they studded the nave with stars of great price just in front of the tabernacle there was one a masterpiece of chasing offered by ireland others one from lille one from valence one from macao from far-off china were veritable jewels sparkling with precious stones and how great was the resplendency when the choir's score of chandeliers was illumined when the hundreds of lamps and the hundreds of candles burned all together at the great evening ceremonies the whole church then became a conflagration the thousands of gold and silver hearts reflecting all the little flames with thousands of fiery scintillations it was like a huge and wondrous brazier the walls streamed with live flakes of light you seemed to be entering into the blinding glory of paradise itself whilst on all sides the innumerable banners spread out their silk their satin and their velvet embroidered with sanguifluous sacred hearts victorious saints and virgins whose kindly smiles engendered miracles ah how many ceremonies had already displayed their pomp in that basilica worship prayer chanting never ceased there from one end of the year to the other incense smoked organs roared and kneeling multitudes prayed there with their whole souls masses vespers sermons were continually following one upon another day by day the religious exercises began afresh and each festival of the church was celebrated with unparalleled magnificence the least noteworthy anniversary supplied a pretext for pompous solemnities each pilgrimage was granted its share of the dazzling resplendency 
it was necessary that those suffering ones and those humble ones who had come from such long distances should be sent home consoled and enraptured carrying with them a vision of paradise espied through its opening portals they beheld the luxurious surroundings of the divinity and would forever remain enraptured by the sight in the depths of bare wretched rooms indeed by the side of humble pallets of suffering throughout all christendom a vision of the basilica with its blazing riches continually arose like a vision of fortune itself like a vision of the wealth of that life to be into which the poor would surely some day enter after their long long misery in this terrestrial sphere pierre however felt no delight no consolation no hope came to him as he gazed upon all the splendour his frightful feeling of discomfort was increasing all was becoming black within him with that blackness of the tempest which gathers when man's thoughts and feelings pant and shriek he had felt immense desolation rising in his soul ever since marie crying that she was healed had risen from her little car and walked along with such strength and fullness of life yet he loved her like a passionately attached brother and had experienced unlimited happiness on seeing that she no longer suffered why therefore should her felicity bring him such agony he could now no longer gaze at her kneeling there radiant amidst her tears with beauty recovered and increased without his poor heart bleeding as from some mortal wound still he wished to remain there and so averting his eyes he tried to interest himself in father Macias, who was still shaking with violent sobbing on the flagstones and whose prostration and annihilation amidst the consuming illusion of divine love he sorely envied for a moment moreover he questioned berteau feigning to admire some banner and requesting information respecting it which one asked the superintendent of the bearers that lace banner over there yes that one on the left oh it is a banner offered by le puy the arms are those of le puy and lourdes linked together by the rosary the lace is so fine that if you crumpled the banner up you could hold it in the hollow of your hand however abbe juden was now stepping forward the ceremony was about to begin again did the organs resound and again was a canticle chanted whilst on the altar the blessed sacrament looked like the sovereign planet amidst the scintillations of the gold and silver hearts as innumerable as stars and then pierre lacked the strength to remain there any longer since marie had madame de jonquiere and bremonde with her and they would accompany her back he might surely go off by himself vanish into some shadowy corner and there at last vent his grief in a few words he excused himself giving his appointment with dr chassaigne as a pretext for his departure however another fear suddenly came to him that of being unable to leave the building so densely did the serried throng of believers bar the open doorway but immediately afterwards he had an inspiration and crossing the sacristy descended into the crypt by the narrow interior stairway deep silence and sepulchral gloom suddenly succeeded to the joyous chants and prodigious radiance of the basilica above cut in the rock the crypt formed two narrow passages parted by a massive block of stone which upheld the nave and conducting to a subterranean chapel under the apsis where some little lamps remained burning both day and night a dim forest of pillars rose up there a mystic terror reigned in that semi-obscurity where the mystery ever quivered the chapel walls remained bare like the very stones of the tomb in which all men must some day sleep the last sleep and along the passages against their sides covered from top to bottom with marble votive offerings you only saw a double row of confessionals for it was here in the lifeless tranquillity of the bowels of the earth that sins were confessed and there were priests speaking all languages to absolve the sinners who came thither from the four corners of the world 
at that hour however when the multitude was thronging the basilica above the crypt had become quite deserted not a soul save pierre's throbbed there ever so faintly and he amidst that deep silence that darkness that coolness of the grave fell upon his knees it was not however through any need of prayer and worship but because his whole being was giving way beneath his crushing mental torment he felt a torturing longing to be able to see clearly within himself ah why could he not plunge even more deeply into the heart of things reflect understand and at last calm himself and it was a fearful agony that he experienced he tried to remember all the minutes that had gone by since marie suddenly springing from her pallet of wretchedness had raised her cry of resurrection why had he even then despite his fraternal joy in seeing her erect felt such an awful sensation of discomfort as though indeed the greatest of all possible misfortunes had fallen upon him was he jealous of the divine grace did he suffer because the virgin whilst healing her had forgotten him whose soul was so afflicted he remembered how he had granted himself a last delay fixed a supreme appointment with faith for the moment when the blessed sacrament should pass by were marie only cured and she was cured and still he did not believe and henceforth there was no hope for never never would he be able to believe therein lay the bare bleeding sore the truth burst upon him with blinding cruelty and certainty she was saved he was lost that pretended miracle which had restored her to life had in him completed the ruin of all belief in the supernatural that which he had for a moment dreamed of seeking and perhaps finding at lourdes naive faith the happy faith of a little child was no longer possible would never bloom again after that collapse of the miraculous that cure which beauclerc had foretold and which had afterwards come to pass exactly as had been predicted jealous no he was not jealous but he was ravaged full of mortal sadness at thus remaining all alone in the icy desert of his intelligence regretting the illusion the lie the divine love of the simple-minded for which henceforth there was no room in his heart a flood of bitterness stifled him and tears started from his eyes he had slipped onto the flagstones prostrated by his anguish and by degrees he remembered the whole delightful story from the day when marie guessing how he was tortured by doubt had become so passionately eager for his conversion taking hold of his hand in the gloom retaining it in her own and stammering that she would pray for him oh pray for him with her whole soul she forgot herself she entreated the blessed virgin to save her friend rather than herself if there were but one grace that she could obtain from her divine son then came another memory the memory of the delightful hours which they had spent together amid the dense darkness of the trees during the night procession there again they had prayed for one another mingled one in the other with so ardent a desire for mutual happiness that for a moment they had attained to the very depths of the love which gives and immolates itself and now their long tear-drenched tenderness their pure ideal of suffering was ending in this brutal separation she on her side saved radiant amidst the hosannas of the triumphant basilica and he lost sobbing with wretchedness bowed down in the depths of the dark crypt in an icy grave-like solitude it was as though he had just lost her again and this time for ever and for ever all at once pierre felt the sharp stab which this thought dealt his heart he at last understood his pain a sudden light illumined the terrible crisis of woe amidst which he was struggling he had lost marie for the first time on the day when he had become a priest saying to himself that he might well renounce his manhood since she stricken in her sex by incurable illness would never be a woman but behold she was cured 
behold she had become a woman she had all at once appeared to him very strong very beautiful living and desirable he who was dead however could not become a man again never more would he be able to raise the tombstone which crushed and imprisoned his flesh she fled away alone leaving him in the cold grave the whole wide world was opening before her with smiling happiness with the love which laughs in the sunlit paths with a husband with children no doubt whereas he buried as it were to his shoulders had naught of his body free save his brain in order that he might suffer the more she had still been his so long as she had not belonged to another and if he had been enduring such agony during the past hour it was only through this final rending which this time parted her from him forever and forever then rage shook pierre from head to foot he was tempted to return to the basilica and cry the truth aloud to marie the miracle was a lie the helpful beneficence of an all-powerful divinity was but so much illusion nature alone had acted life had conquered once again and he would have given proofs he would have shown how life the only sovereign worked for health amid all the sufferings of this terrestrial sphere and then they would have gone off together they would have fled far far away that they might be happy but a sudden terror took possession of him what lay hands upon that little spotless soul kill all belief in it fill it with the ruins which worked such havoc in his own soul it all at once occurred to him that this would be odious sacrilege he would afterwards become horrified with himself he would look upon himself as her murderer were he some day to realize that he was unable to give her a happiness equal to that which she would have lost perhaps too she would not believe him and moreover would she ever consent to marry a priest who had broken his vows she who would always retain the sweet and never to be forgotten memory of how she had been healed in ecstasy his design then appeared to him insane monstrous polluting and his revolt rapidly subsided until he only retained a feeling of infinite weariness a sensation of a burning incurable wound the wound of his poor bruised and lacerated heart then however amidst his abandonment the void in which he was whirling a supreme struggle began filling him again with agony what should he do his sufferings made a coward of him and he would have liked to flee so that he might never see marie again for he understood very well that he would now have to lie to her since she thought that he was saved like herself converted healed in soul even as she had been healed in body she had told him of her joy while dragging her car up the colossal gradient way oh to have had that great happiness together together to have felt their hearts melt and mingle one in the other and even then he had already lied as he would always be obliged to lie in order that he might not spoil her pure and blissful illusion he let the last throbbings of his veins subside and vowed that he would find sufficient strength for the sublime charity of feigning peacefulness of soul the rapture of one who is redeemed for he wished her to be wholly happy without a regret without a doubt in the full serenity of faith convinced that the blessed virgin had indeed given her consent to their purely mystical union what did his torments matter later on perhaps he might recover possession of himself amidst his desolate solitude of mind would there not always be a little joy to sustain him all that joy whose consoling falsity he would leave to her several minutes again elapsed and pierre still overwhelmed remained on the flagstones seeking to calm his fever he no longer thought he no longer lived he was a prey to that prostration of the entire being which follows upon great crises but all at once he fancied he could hear a sound of footsteps and thereupon he painfully rose to his feet and feigned to be reading the inscriptions graven in the marble votive slabs along the walls 
he had been mistaken nobody was there nevertheless seeking to divert his mind he continued perusing the inscriptions at first in a mechanical kind of way and then little by little feeling a fresh emotion steal over him the sight was almost beyond imagination faith love and gratitude displayed themselves in a hundred a thousand ways on those marble slabs with gilded lettering some of the inscriptions were so artless as to provoke a smile a colonel had sent a sculptured representation of his foot with the words thou hast preserved it grant that it may serve thee farther on you read the line may her protection extend to the glass trade and then by the frankness of certain expressions of thanks you realized of what a strange character the appeals had been to mary the immaculate ran one inscription from a father of a family in recognition of health restored a lawsuit won and advancement gained however the memory of these instances faded away amidst the chorus of soaring fervent cries there was the cry of the lovers paul and anna entreat our lady of lourdes to bless their union there was the cry of the mothers in various forms gratitude to mary who has thrice healed my child gratitude to mary for the birth of antoinette whom i dedicate like myself and all my kin to her p d three years old has been preserved to the love of his parents and then came the cry of the wives the cry too of the sick restored to health and of the souls restored to happiness protect my husband grant that my husband may enjoy good health i was crippled in both legs and now i am healed we came and now we hope i prayed i wept and she heard me and there were yet other cries cries whose veiled glow conjured up thoughts of long romances thou didst join us together protect us we pray thee to mary for the greatest of all blessings and the same cries the same words gratitude thankfulness homage acknowledgment occurred again and again ever with the same passionate fervour ah those hundreds those thousands of cries which were forever graven on that marble and from the depths of the crypt rose clamorously to the virgin proclaiming the everlasting devotion of the unhappy beings whom she had succoured pierre did not weary of reading them albeit his mouth was bitter and increasing desolation was filling him so it was only he who had no succour to hope for when so many sufferers were listened to he alone had been unable to make himself heard and he now began to think of the extraordinary number of prayers which must be said at lourdes from one end of the year to the other he tried to cast them up those said during the days spent at the grotto and during the nights spent at the rosary those said at the ceremonies at the basilica those said at the sunlight and the starlight processions but this continual entreaty of every second was beyond computation it seemed as if the faithful were determined to weary the ears of the divinity determined to extort favours and forgiveness by the very multitude the vast multitude of their prayers the priests said that it was necessary to offer to god the acts of expiation which the sins of france required and that when the number of these acts of expiation should be large enough god would smite france no more what a harsh belief in the necessity of chastisement what a ferocious idea born of the gloomiest pessimism how evil life must be if it were indeed necessary that such imploring cries such cries of physical and moral wretchedness should ever and ever ascend to heaven in the midst of all his sadness pierre felt deep compassion penetrate his heart he was upset by the thought that mankind should be so wretched reduced to such a state of woe so bare so weak so utterly forsaken that it renounced its own reason to place the one sole possibility of happiness in the hallucinatory intoxication of dreams tears once more filled his eyes he wept for himself and for others 
for all the poor tortured beings who feel a need of stupefying and numbing their pains in order to escape from the realities of the world he again seemed to hear the swarming kneeling crowd of the grotto raising the glowing entreaty of its prayer to heaven the multitude of twenty and thirty thousand souls from whose midst ascended such a fervour of desire that you seemed to see it smoking in the sunlight like incense then another form of the exaltation of faith glowed beneath the crypt in the church of the rosary where nights were spent in a paradise of rapture amidst the silent delights of the communion the mute appeals in which the whole being pines burns and soars aloft and as though the cries raised before the grotto and the perpetual adoration of the rosary were not sufficient that clamour of ardent entreaty burst forth afresh on the walls of the crypt around him and here it was eternized in marble here it would continue shrieking the sufferings of humanity even into the far-away ages it was the marble it was the walls themselves praying seized by that great shudder of universal woe which penetrated even stones and at last the prayers ascended yet higher still higher soared aloft from the radiant basilica which was humming and buzzing above him full as it now was of a frantic multitude whose mighty voice bursting into a canticle of hope he fancied he could hear through the flagstones of the nave and it finally seemed to him that he was being whirled away transported as though he were indeed amidst the very vibrations of that huge wave of prayer which starting from the dust of the earth ascended the tier of superposed churches spreading from tabernacle to tabernacle and filling even the walls with such pity that they sobbed aloud and that the supreme cry of wretchedness pierced its way into heaven with the white spire the lofty golden cross above the steeple o almighty god o divinity helpful power whoever whatever thou mayst be take pity upon poor mankind and make human suffering cease all at once pierre was dazzled he had followed the left-hand passage and was coming out into broad daylight above the inclined ways and two affectionate arms at once caught hold of him and clasped him it was dr chassaigne whose appointment he had forgotten and who had been waiting there to take him to visit bernadette's room and abbe peramal's church oh what joy must be yours my child exclaimed the good old man i have just learnt the great news the extraordinary favour which our lady of lourdes has granted to your young friend recollect what i told you the day before yesterday i am now at ease you are saved a last bitterness came to the young priest who was very pale however he was able to smile and he gently answered yes we are saved we are very happy it was the lie beginning the divine illusion which in a spirit of charity he wished to give to others and then one more spectacle met pierre's eyes the principal door of the basilica stood wide open and a red sheet of light from the setting sun was enfilading the nave from one to the other end everything was flaring with the splendour of a conflagration the gilt railings of the choir the votive offerings of gold and silver the lamps enriched with precious stones the banners with their bright embroideries and the swinging censers which seemed like flying jewels and yonder in the depths of this burning splendour amidst the snowy surplices and the golden chasubles he recognised marie with hair unbound hair of gold like all else enveloping her in a golden mantle and the organs burst into a hymn of triumph and the delirious people acclaimed god and abbe juden who had again just taken the blessed sacrament from off the altar raised it aloft and presented it to their gaze for the last time and radiantly magnificent it shone out like a glory amidst the streaming gold of the basilica whose prodigious triumph all the bells proclaimed in clanging flying peals End of section nineteen.